horrible thing happened to you. I just want you to be able to move on with your life. Come here. It's coming up on a year. I have something that's planned, and I need a partner in crime. The B-67 TV Tower. I haven't climbed since... Becky, if you don't confront your fears, you are always going to be afraid. <gasps> Let's do it. Let's climb your stupid tower. Oh, I'm so excited! <laughs> Really ripped. You're awesome. That is the Becky that we need for this trip. This is sick. Damn it, Hunter. What are you getting us into? Okay, so just stay behind me, one rung at a time. See? It's easy. the passes the weaker we get if anyone called 911 they'd be here by now what is it that dan used to say if you're scared of dying don't be afraid to live Welcome to an all-new episode of Palace Off the Top Rope. Thank you so much for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. And on deck for today's episode, I'm going to preview everything that I'm looking forward to in the fall of 2022. That includes movies, TV shows, sports, specifically the NFL is about to return. The SM Football Marks is right around the corner with Abraham Trevino. Season 2 of our show is going to kick off soon, so be on the lookout for that. And then, of course, we're going to kick it off with a movie review, a film that I checked out called Fall, uh, directed by Scott Mann, very unknown director, starring a relatively completely unknown cast, except for Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who makes a small appearance. Let's let's start it off with that, because I had a I had a blast with this movie. So I saw the trailer really not that long ago. I want to say maybe a month or two. Um kind of had no marketing behind it so of course i don't think it's going to make much of a splash this weekend at the box office um the summer movie season is pretty much wrapped up um i'm going to consider this part of the fall season even though technically we're still in summer although there's not really any bigger studio movies coming out but this movie has definitely kicked off my fall season and i was super surprised so just going off the trailer i like the premise right uh, two girls going out in the middle of nowhere to climb this radio type tower that's like 2,000 feet up high and they want to climb that. And obviously the whole plot of the movie is things going way out of hand and things like going completely wrong and they have to find ways to survive and possibly how are they going to get down from there. So... I like all that. I love movies like that where it's kind of like survival of the fittest. Be creative. You know, don't panic. Solve the problem. You know, you think of movies like Castaway and The Martian and 127 Hours, The Shallows. And then you add in the elements of like, you know, kind of like rock climbing. So like a cliffhanger type movie. So I was really you know, easily hooked by the trailer. So came in to watch the movie tonight, you know, not really like with high expectations or anything, you know, this doesn't have like a, you know, there's not a a Blake Lively who was like in the shallows or James Franco who was in 127 hours, you know, more 
just name people that, that you're familiar with. These were relatively unknown people. You know, I, I'm not really in tune with like the, the younger generation. You know, a lot of the stars are now coming off of TikTok and, and Netflix and I'm not really in tune with who's big. So this movie stars relatively two unknown actresses and I don't even know them by name, but they were okay in the movie. Like what, what really sells it is obviously the, the gimmick of the movie, right? Climbing this ridiculous high tower which in the movie it's built as the fourth highest like in the world um not sure how factual that is but it doesn't matter because the movie sells you on that and by the scope of it with the way they show you how they film it 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 looks incredibly like just massive you know if i'm tom cruise and i'm watching this movie i'm like man i obviously i know they probably didn't do this for real um that's the the beauty of movie magic but if I'm Tom Cruise and I'm watching this, I'm like, okay, all right, game on, girls. Like, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll take it a step further. So, I'm curious to see if he's gonna end up seeing this movie. He, he says he goes to the movies a lot, so this would probably definitely be one on his watch. And <laughs> that's what I kept thinking, like, man, Tom Cruise, man, if he, if he sees this movie, he's gonna get inspired to do something. But anyways, back to the movie itself. So, you know. The trailer, as I posted for you here at the beginning, you know, it deals with this main character. Her name's Becca. And it's about, you know, the loss of her husband, which it's it's shown in the trailer, so I'm not spoiling anything. And, you know, she she loses him during a, a climbing expedition that or hike or whatever. Just, you know, a routine climb. And, you know, it had those elements of not as intense as Cliffhanger. And if you've ever seen Cliffhanger with Sylvester Stallone... That movie has an intense opening uh, couple of minutes that makes you just get hooked immediately. This movie doesn't do that. You know, it's a quick, you know, little thing that happens and something goes wrong and, and the husband ends up dying. And of course, the main protagonist is in a funk, depressed, you know, you know, going into a, a stupor drinking, you know, has a little bit of a fractured relationship with her dad, played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who I mentioned, he's probably the only actor that's known in this movie. Um, so there's that element. And then about a year later, she's, uh, she's confronted by her best friend who was also there during that accident, uh, with her husband where he ended up getting killed. And she's trying, she's trying to get her out of that funk as well. And she has this idea to, to go climb this tower. So she's like, come on, let's get you out of this funk. Let's go do this. It'll be good for your soul and all that stuff. Um, I I thought the setup was kind of clunky for this. And the reasonings behind really climbing that tower were kind of like, uh, of course, it's this generation, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, yes, it's more about, you know, the soul searching and grieving and getting over it for the main protagonist. But when it came to the friend, her name is Hunter in the movie, um, she's doing it for clout to be an influencer uh, you know how kids are these days in, in, in this generation and the TikTok and all that stuff, like just doing stuff for likes and follows. So she's going to just record this entire adventure, right, of them climbing this this tower, this incredibly ridiculously tall tower. And, you know, they, they only take a couple of things with them, you know, some essentials, harnesses and all that stuff. Uh, water. They don't take food because they think it's not going to be a, a long journey. But you're talking 2,000 feet. And, and during the movie, they mentioned when they get to like the a thousand feet part of it, they say they've climbed as high as the Empire State Building. Now, just imagine the Empire State Building alone. Like that's that's tall in itself. And they thought that the the girl, the girl Hunter, thought that they were going to do this journey and be back in time to have dinner. So the fact that they didn't take any food to that was like already suspect. But of course, there's a lot of stuff that happens in this movie where. They're leaving you little bread breadcrumbs, and then it, it pays off in the end. You know, again, survival of the fittest is is a, a big theme in this movie, as well as like you know overcoming grief and you know a lot of there's a lot of you know symbolism here with death and you know living life to the fullest and stuff like that. There's a lot of that in there. The acting again is very it's okay, but you know the movie really gets going, and where it really got me is when you know shit starts to hit the fan. For all of this stuff, and they gotta figure out ways to, to try to survive, maybe get down, get help, whatever it is. Again, you just think of all those movies that you've seen where these characters 
are in situations where you know they don't have all the tools they need to 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 get it done they got to be creative they got to you know do all these different things and again the movie does a good job of of setting up stuff early where it's like well what what does this have to do with like what they're eventually going to go through. And uh, sure enough, like, oh, wow, here's a callback to something that happened early in the movie. And it pays off later when they, when they're in their crisis on that tower. But man, it was just, it had me going. It, the movie's like a little less than two hours. So it doesn't really waste any time. Again, the subplot with the husband and there's even one twist in there where I was like, really? Like they went that way. Um, but then there's another huge twist in the movie where I didn't see that coming at all. And it was very like M. Night Shyamalan-esque. Um, it didn't fully take me out of it. But I was like, whoa, that's pretty interesting that they did that. And it, it was convincing too. So, you know, it's not going to be like somebody's like, oh, well, they're going to catch you right away. Like, I promise. I don't think you will. And if you do, I'll call bullshit on it because I didn't see it coming at all. And, I'm pretty sure a lot of the audience that I saw it with, which wasn't a big crowd, but they were like, whoa, like what? This was going on the whole time? Um, so there's that little caveat for you guys. Um, but anyways, I had a super blast. It's it's a four-star movie for me. It just it hit all the right notes. Like I know it didn't have the best acting, but there was enough in there where that wasn't distracting enough. The, the setup for it whatever but the movie's not long where it doesn't dwell on that and it gets right into them climbing this tower and then just everything going off the rails so you know it had my anxiety going which is the whole point right heights and all that stuff if you're somebody that's afraid of heights you're definitely going to have a hard time watching this and you're going to be like just you know hanging on to your seat itself just to make sure that you're not going to fall or whatever like you'll have that feeling going into it so if a movie can make you feel like that and get your emotions like that, especially if you have like a fear of heights, that's a win-win as far as like the movie succeeding in the emotion it wants to get out of you. And then of course the way it's shot too. Director Scott Mann. Uh, I looked up some of his filmography and it's a lot of small stuff. So, but he has some cool shots in this movie. Uh, I'm sure they used a lot of drone stuff, but nice, some really nice shots. And hats off to him for pulling this off. Like I think, hopefully this gets him recognized and, and a chance to do some some pretty bigger movies because I think he did a good job here. The girl who plays Becca really in the third act of this movie really shines when you know she's starting to fatigue and and, and get you know just more out of base with reality and you know is she going to survive and, and you know the the friend she's okay too as well but. Uh, the the main protagonist is 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 well casted and does enough here to just make again it gets your adrenaline going once once shit hits the fan it's like here we go boom 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 are they going to survive uh is there going to be injuries or whatever and, and it's again it's not like a movie you've never seen before but if you can take stuff that you've seen and put it in a different element like it definitely works so again it's like again it's like 127 hours and that movie was about James Franco getting caught in a rock and having nothing but you know a couple of things with him and he's got to survive in the shallows it's Blake Lively on like a little kind of like thing in the ocean and she's surrounded by a shark and she's got to figure out ways to to get out of it you know obviously when you get into the bigger movies like Matt Damon in the Martian and he's trapped there and you know he's got to figure out ways to get, make food and all that stuff all these different elements, same thing, but it's all about presenting it in a different uh, in a different way, and doing something like this with heights, like that's 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 a that's a neat little you know gimmick for it. So I had a really blast. I had a really fun time with this movie. Uh, it probably will make my top ten. Like I want to watch this again. Like even though I've got a super fear of heights, it, it, the movie just hit all the right spots for me, and I was entertained for about the. I want to say like an hour and 50 minutes that, that the length of this movie is. And it was just awesome, man. So if you've got nothing to do this weekend and you're still, you know what, you want to go out for a movie of the night, date night, whatever, go check this one out. It's called Fall. If you have it in your theater, go check it out. It's not a streamer or anything like that. So you can only catch it in movie theaters. And that's awesome. So, yeah, check it out. And that'll do it for my movie review of the week. When we come back, I'm going to start to preview everything that I'm looking forward to 
this upcoming fall season uh, with everything. Movies, TV, sports, you name it. This is Palace Off the Top Rope. We'll be right back. Stay still. Don't make a sound. I've never seen anything like this. Multiple attacks. Without eating its prey. Lions don't do this. This thing is not gonna stop. But you have to be careful. I promise you I'm gonna protect you. Come and get me! Rated R, only in theaters August 19th. Welcome back to the show. And man, <laughs> I know my review may have been a little all over the place right now, but I got to tell you, man, that Fall is one of the best movies I've seen all year. And, and I think one of the one of the reasons why is because it really came out of nowhere. This wasn't something that I was like looking forward to or had on my calendar marked down. Like this is the date this movie comes out or whatever. It's just a, a trailer I, I stumbled upon you know, obviously I work at a movie theater, so I got to see everything that's coming out for us. And I saw it and took a look at it and I was like, wow, like this eh, could be something, could be a nothing. And I love it when there's movies that come out of nowhere and just really, you know, grab a hold of you and, and make an impact on you. So hats off to that movie, man. Really well done. Uh, again, if you haven't, if you have no plans this weekend, go check it out. It's definitely worth the watch. All right, let's move on to the fall preview of 2022. Now that summer's wrapped up and, you know, there's still a lot more to come as we wrap up this year. A lot of fun stuff, at least for me, stuff that I'm looking forward to. So let's start in the movie world, right? Because that's really what I'm all about on this podcast. Talking about the movies that I'm ready to see this year. So coming up at the end of August on the 26th, we got Samaritan starring Sylvester Stallone. This is a movie that's been on the shelf for a little while now and... um Originally, this is going to be a theatrical release made by MGM Studios, a real movie studio. So, But now it's going to be on Amazon Prime. And one of the big reasons why was because Amazon actually bought the catalog of MGM and I think just the whole studio in general. So uh, they decided to put this on the streamer. I think it's a mistake because really there's not that much coming out in the rest of August in movie theaters. So... And Sylvester Stallone, whether you want to admit it or not, can still draw a crowd. You know, I remember he put out a movie called Escape Plan uh, not that long ago. Um, and I remember being at the theater when that movie came out, and it drew a decent enough crowd. Um, you know, he, he's he's pretty almost bankable in movies like this, in action movies, right? So this movie's about uh, this superhero he plays, like back in the day, he was a big deal, and everybody presumed he was dead until he gets rediscovered by this kid, and, you know, I'm sure it's, like, got the, you know, you still got this, you can still do good for the city and whatnot, and it's Sylvester Stallone in a comic book movie-style movie, so it's a little bit different, and I know comic book movies, uh, I've said, are really, like, to me, are fatigued now, like, I think they've hit a peak, but if they can do something different with it here in Stallone, and Stallone is kind of, you know, he's really picky with his projects. So I'm curious in, as to what he saw in this that made him want to jump into the comic book world. Even though he's been already in that world, right? With the MCU, he came out in the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And I think he's returning for a little role in, in, in Volume 3. So he's had a little taste of it, but we'll see how this does. But again, it doesn't look cheaply made it was made by mgm so that and i'm not really big on the streaming movies and that's really what this is now right it's gonna have to get like amazing word of mouth right like something like prey which in the theaters i don't know if it would have done anything but now it's all the talk uh on social media at least for right now but if not if it's not good or if i like it but there's not enough buzz on it it's just it's just going to get lost as a piece of content on a streaming platform. So that's why I wish this would have gone a theatrical release. Because I think, you know, I'm not saying it was going to make like $100 million at the box office. But I think it could do like a $40, $50 million, and, and I'm sure it, did, it doesn't look like it costs like so, so much. But still, um, Stallone, you know, one of the last uh, big action movie stars that we have. And this is right down his alley. All right. So that's the end of August. And now we come to September, and the one I'm really looking forward to, and I've already secured my tickets for, and that is Clerks 3 on September 13th. This is going to be a special, like, I think it's only going to be like a two-night event. 
it's not going to have an actual theatrical run, which again I don't understand. It's it's this movie's being released by Lionsgate, and you know the movie that I just saw fall was released by Lionsgate, and they're giving it a full theatrical release. So not sure there. If it overperforms, maybe they'll give it you know some more show times or or something like that. But as of right now, it's just like a special two night showing. Again, I secured my tickets now, and if it's in your area, you know, try to try to book them in advance. Kevin Smith does still have kind of like that cult following. You know, I'm a sucker for mostly all of his movies. You know, I dig the humor. He's very old school style, very, you know, it's got a 90s vibe to it, most of his movies, and, and definitely Clerks 3, uh, which is releasing, I don't know how many years. I think the last one came out in 2006. You know, I was just starting out my career in the movie theater industry, well, I didn't know it was going to be a career, but I guess I guess now I can call it that, right? Being in the business for over 15 years. So when Clerks 2 came out, I was d- barely in college, and I had worked at a movie theater. It was like my second job, and um, I remember that movie coming out, and, and it had a lasting effect on me. And this one's kind of like uh, I'm relating to it more just because of what it's about, and, and it's about a guy who spent his whole life talking about the movies and now he's going to make one. So it's kind of like a movie within a movie and those those are always you know funny in commentary and the meta-ness and that and that's something that Kevin Smith has done really well especially if you go back and watch his Jay and Silent Bob movies and more specifically the last one that he did Jay and Silent Bob reboot there was just a lot of meta commentary on everything going on in pop culture and all that stuff. So he's always been good and his dialogue's always been awesome. So I'm a sucker for his movies. And of course, I'm super excited for the third installment. And we'll have a little bit of a cameo from Ben Affleck. So I'm definitely for sure looking forward to that one. Again, it's a two-night event and hopefully it gets more showings because if it's good and it's super funny, I'm going to want to see it again. So I want to have more showtimes for it. All right, coming up later in September, the only other thing I'm going to want to see is Don't Worry Darling, and that's going to be releasing on September 23rd, directed by Olivia Wilde, and it's got an incredible cast here, including Florence Pugh, Chris Pine, Harry Styles, who's now really diving into the acting world. Uh, I last saw him in Dunkirk. I don't know if he's done anything else since then. He was fine in Dunkirk, you know, handled by a great director like Christopher Nolan. So there really was no way he could do wrong in that movie other than follow his direction. He was going to succeed. Uh, this is the second, I think, directorial uh, effort from Olivia Wilde. I haven't seen Booksmart, which I heard a lot of great reviews. And there was it was kind of had a little small following when it came out in the theaters. Um, this is obviously a bigger movie, bigger cast. Uh, it's kind of like Stepford Wives, and it's got like a weird vibe to it. And again, I'm a sucker for movies that got like stuff where it it not everything is what it seems, and and the main protagonist is like the only one in kind of like in reality, like she's the audience. So that's gonna be fun. Um, a lot of drama behind the scenes with that movie in terms of Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde. You know, there's there's a movie that she's gonna be in called Oppenheimer, which is the next Christopher Nolan movie. And they were dropping off all the marketing material for it. The trailer came out during Nope. And she was promoting all of that while the, the Don't Worry Darling trailer came out. And the poster and all that stuff. So apparently there's kind of some backstage heat. And that's what we call just beef or whatever. You know, like a rivalry. You know, kind of like a Vin Diesel and The Rock kind of thing. So I don't know what's going on there. I don't care. The movie looks great. Hopefully there's no delays in the release i was hearing rumblings about that so please don't because there's not a lot coming out between now and october so please uh don't uh deprive us of this movie and i think it's from warner brothers so they you know warner brothers could go two for two here on uh big studio dramas you know elvis being the other one that they had uh this year so that's it for september there's only two movies for me there again you know, it's a it's a light schedule, but you know the stuff that I do want to see, I'm super excited for. And Clerks three, and Don't Worry Darling in September are good enough to, you know, to satisfy my appetite. Um, and then we come to October, especially around my birthday weekend. Comes out the 21st. My birthday's the 18th, but I'm still going to consider it my birthday weekend. Uh, Ticket to Paradise, the rom com is back in the movie theaters, folks. I'm so excited. 
We had one kind of earlier this year with Marry Me with Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson, but that one ended up being kind of more of a bit dramatic. I I guess you can kind of still call it a rom-com, but that one looked a little bit more serious. This one looks to be a little bit more on the campy side, more of the slapstick. And you got George Clooney, Julia Roberts, and the up-and-comer Caitlin Dever, who's always great uh, ever since I saw her in Last Man Standing. And I think she's going to have just an amazing career. But here she'll play the daughter of George Clooney and Julia Roberts. And I'm super excited for this. And if somebody could just please wine and dine me for my birthday and go take me to see a rom-com. Yes, we need – I hope – and I hope the audiences will respond to this and come see it in the movie theater um, it's going to be coming out the week after Halloween ends. So if the movie's not good for Halloween, because usually those movies are front loaded, right? Everybody goes opening weekend and it's right before the actual Halloween. So everybody's in the horror spirit. Um, so hopefully it, it all fizzles out that first weekend and Ticket to Paradise can have a chance to make money. And I'm just looking at here, and I'm going to be completely wrong because also Black Adam comes out. Um, you know, I'll see that movie for what it is, but I have, I'm going in with the lowest expectations. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I, I'm just kind of, I've had enough of him just because he doesn't try to venture out. Early in his career, he was trying different things, and I wish he would have continued to go that route, but he's decided to go the action route where, you know, Statham and, you know, and even Kevin Hart, right? Where it's just like these same roles after same role after same role. Even here in Black Adam, where he's playing like an anti superhero, it's like it's just The Rock. Like there's nothing different about it. He doesn't change. He doesn't change up his look. Like everything's the same. So I'm going in with the lowest of expectations with that movie. But for me, October is all about Ticket to Paradise, and I need the audience to make the rom com um, just a thing again. So that way we can get these movies on the big screen. And not get sent to Netflix or Amazon or Apple TV or whatever. Which, I mean, it's fine. But, you know, I want to see these movies on the big screen. You know, I wanted to see Samaritan on the big screen. Come on. Is that too much to ask? Alright, November 4th. We kick it off with Amsterdam from director David O. Russell. And I think this is the cast of the year. It's got Margot Robbie, Anya Taylor-Joy, Christian Bale, Robert De Niro... Uh, gosh, there's, you know, John David Washington. There, let me see if I can see who else is in this movie. It's just an unbelievable cast. But those are the, the main names. And of course, you sell me already with Margot Robbie. You sell me with Christian Bale. And you sell me with David O. Russell. No matter what you think of him, I love his movies. Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle, you know, just all those type of like big, just cast and just, you know, the movie could be whatever, but if we get great performances here, um, the trailer is not like knock you out of this park or knock you out of this world type of thing, but it's going to be enough for me to show up on opening night or opening day or whatever. November 11th, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I haven't really talked about uh, the Black Panther sequel all too much and I haven't really been too excited for it. I love the first movie. I love Ryan Coogler. So I know he's going to bring some credibility to it. You know, but obviously the win in our sales has been taken out because Chadwick Boseman is no longer with us in this world. He won't be able to continue the role. So it's like, what is this movie really going to be? Well, the trailer premiered during Comic-Con and, you know, it's just everyone was like, oh, my God, this looks incredible. I didn't doubt it because it's Ryan Coogler and he's already proved that he's one of the best filmmakers of this generation. He proved it with Creed right away. So I had no doubts about that. Now, is my hype for it a little bit more after seeing the trailer? Absolutely. Um, But in terms of like, uh, do I need to be there day one? I don't know. Maybe this is one of those where I'll wait and see like maybe like a week or two and then I'll go check it out. But knowing me and knowing that I want to create more content for this podcast, I'll probably go opening weekend. But definitely a little bit more more hype than I was when this title got announced. But, you know, in Coogler we trust, or I trust. I Ryan Coogler was mine first, right, with Creed. Marvel fans will get to claim him. Um, do we have anything else? In November, there's a comedy horror called The Menu. 
kind of want to see with Anya Taylor-Joy and Ralph Fiennes. Looks a little, again, one of those weird movies with, like, what's going on and, you know, a main character seeing that something's out of place. You know, again, I'm a sucker for those movies where, you know, there's there's uh, conflict like that. Uh, Devotion on November 23rd. We're all riding the high of Top Gun Maverick, another aviation type movie. I think it takes place during the Korean War. Uh, but the big sell for me is Glenn Powell, who I think is the next big thing. You know, I've been on him for a while. Uh, I remember him in The Expendables 3. And I just think this guy's ready to explode to be a huge movie star. And him being in another profile big movie, uh, hopefully he gets to shine in this one. I think he plays the second build in it to Jonathan Majors, who's also another up-and-coming actor that's about to explode. Of course, him being in the MCU. But I'm really looking forward to this, mainly for Glenn Powell. So uh, hopefully hopefully this ends up being a good one as, as well, as he already kicked ass in Top Gun Maverick. And that's uh, all of November. It's... Uh, Again, the the schedule's really light, but the movies that do come out, like Black Panther, is going to be really big. Black Adam's going to be huge. Halloween will be big. Um, but I hope these other smaller movies get their moment to shine. That's why I wish Clerks 3 had a an actual theatrical release so it could actually make some money and prove that people will probably still go out to these movies, you know? Because if they just see the same type of movies being released, like, you're telling me if Black Adam's out there, and Halloween's out there, and we know these movies are going to come out. You don't think there's going to be somebody that wants to go see like a comedy, like a Clerks Three, like even if they're not that familiar with it, at least it's a comedy. It's it's something of a different genre that they can check out, or like a romantic comedy with George Clooney and Julia Roberts with Ticket to Paradise. There's a different option right there. And if people don't go see these movies, then they're not going to make them for the big screen, and you're going to be left with that as your choices, and you're going to get fed up with it. I know you are, because the audience is fickle, and they will. They will peak at some point. All right, that's enough of my tangent there. Let's get into December. Um, Avatar, The Way of Water. Um, everybody's doubting James Cameron. I'm seeing it all over Twitter. And, of course, I still think social media is not reflective of the real world. I think this movie is going to be super bankable, and it's going to make a chunk of money. I don't know if it'll... I don't think it'll reach the heights of the first movie, but it is going to make a lot of money, folks. Believe me, there are people here that are hedging their bets and saying that the only reason it's going to make money is because of the slot it's in. It's in the Christmas holiday season. And it's like, man, you're hedging so bad because you know it's going to make money and that's going to be what you can fall back on. But let's not kid ourselves. This movie looks fantastic. James Cameron has been working on it forever. The first one came out in 2009. It's 2022. So it's been in the works forever and there's going to be like four more after that. Now, what the other sequels do after this one, who knows? But the fact that there's been like this gap, there's going to be an anticipation for it. And again, I don't think social media is reflective of the real world. And there's going to be a lot of people that are going to come see this for sure opening weekend. And it's James Cameron. His movies are typically never bad. So I think it'll have legs regardless. Um, Shazam! Fury of the Gods. I still haven't seen the first one. You know, I, I I work at a theater, so I walked in on huge chunks of the first movie, but have never really sat down to actually watch it. Um, I like Zachary Levi. He's okay. Um, you know, the, I'm not really familiar with the Shazam character, so... Um, but there's a couple of people in, in the movie, specifically for my taste, right? Like Adam Brody from the OC, he's, he's in it. So I, I definitely will visit the first movie, and I will be checking out uh, the sequel just to see what... Because this is going to be really our first taste of what DC is going to be doing like going forward. Like, what, Are they going to try to start a whole new thing? Or are these movies just going to be completely separate? Like, What's the deal? So this will in, intrigue a lot of people just to see where, where, where it is at, at this point in the DC timeline. But you know, if I'm them, I'm, I'm trying to just make good movies. So... We'll see. Um, we'll see if, if I like even the first one. So, I mean, the, the little parts that I saw in the theater, eh, like it, it was okay. Like it wasn't like, you know, again, I wasn't wowed or anything like that. But I'll, I'll see the whole thing in context. And then, of course, we got a. I'm not going to talk about these other ones because these will probably be limited releases, and we'll probably get them in January. So we'll leave it there. Again, 
Not that many movies on my list, but the ones that I do want to see, I'm super excited for again. Probably the top of my list is uh, Don't Worry Darling, Clerks 3, and Ticket to Paradise for sure. And there's a couple of other things that I want to see. You know, I really liked Avatar, the first one, but, you know, story-wise, we'll see the the second one. Until I see, like, a second trailer of what the movie is really going to be about, then I can gauge my hype for it. But I know it's going to look freaking amazing. Like, the the teaser trailer just is so wow. And I, I finally got to see it in our IMAX theater, and I hadn't seen it there before, and everything just popped like this movie's going to look incredible it's going to be a fun movie to look at uh but whether or not it's going to be actually good and a good story that remains to be seen so that's the movie side of things folks you got my taste on what i'm looking forward to now let's shift our focus to television and there's a lot of stuff coming up the stuff that's going to end um i caught up a little bit uh i kind of cheated but i'm Currently watching the final season of Better Call Saul. Um, I started watching at the beginning and then just fell off and never caught up. Did a lot of YouTube watching on series recaps, season recaps. And then I've been watching these last uh, like five or six episodes as they've been airing. And I'm, I'm pretty caught up for, for what it is. Like is. I'm, I'm pretty familiar with the Breaking Bad universe. Man, these are some of the best directed episodes I've seen. A lot of them in black and white. Uh, just master performances, um, from freaking, what's his name? Gosh, <laughs> I'm, I'm blanking on the guy's name. Um, Bob Odenkirk, who plays Saul Goodman. Um, so it's gonna wrap up coming up this week. We'll see how that show ends. Vince Gilligan, who created the Breaking Bad universe, has said that this is the last of it, that he's not looking to create more stories in this world so i'm okay with that because things run their course and you don't want to stay around too long or it's just you know there's no stakes and then it just becomes whatever right so this is going to have an ending and then that's going to be that so i'm looking forward to that um cobra kai is coming in about less than a month and one of the big stories that came out this week as they were releasing like official stills from the show is going to be the return of mike barnes who was the main villain in part three. So those of you Karate Kid diehards who remember Mike Barnes, and I know a lot of people don't like Karate Kid part three. I'm one of the few that does. So I marked out super hard for this. And I want to see what they're going to do with his character because they did a really good job reintroducing Terry Silver to this series and, and making the story believable, even though Karate Kid part three is a little bit absurd. And, and it's a good reason. Like if you hate the movie, like I totally get it. It's a total cheese fest and the story's ridiculous. But if you love these characters and you want to see them get proper stories, a perfect example of that is, you know, taking a silly villain like Terry Silver and then giving him context and reintroducing him in Cobra Kai. And it's just amazing, man. And I'm super excited. I know they shot season five back to back with season four. So this has been in the canon for a very long time. And I don't know how much longer this show's going to go. But I think if I remember seeing correctly, like in YouTube videos and reading articles with the creators, I think they want to go to about six seasons and that's it. But who knows, you know, this is probably the second biggest show behind like Stranger Things on Netflix. So it's a real moneymaker for them, even though it's not really a Netflix original. So I don't consider it a Netflix show. Again, Netflix passed on this show originally, which is why I went to YouTube Red. But then that folded and they ended up selling the rights to to Netflix. But I don't consider it a Netflix show. You know, this thing has got real creators behind it, real attention to detail in the storytelling. It's not just, hey, go make a show and we'll give you the budget and go make it. Like, no, you got creators here that are super diehard fans of the mythology of this of this universe. And they're just creating great stories out of it and building on it. Using nostalgia, but using it to move forward. That's the best thing about Cobra Kai. Coming September 9th, um, originally we thought it was going to be at the end of the year, right? So for New Year's, that's when Season 4 came out. It was like right at the stroke of midnight for, for for 2022. So for them to push it up a couple of months earlier to September... That's gotta mean that, that they have a lot of faith that it's gonna be the, the buzz and the talk about for at least the early part of the fall season until football kicks into high gear. Even though it's on the same weekend, right? It literally releases the, the weekend the NFL kicks off. So, um, whether it'll dominate the conversation online, we'll see. But 
when season four came out, I think the consensus was is that it was a an A plus and it was you know dominating the rankings on Netflix for a very long time. So hopefully the same thing happens here. There should be a new trailer coming out probably within the next week or two. You know they released new photos, and again we're less than a month away, so they got to start really marketing this bad boy. Um, because maybe there might be a lot of people that don't know it's releasing in September instead of December. They're probably thinking that. So, you know, I had to restart my Netflix subscription a little early so I can catch up on some of the episodes again. So, again, that's what I'm really looking forward to. Uh, the second show that I'm um, looking to, you know, say goodbye to this season is Atlanta, which they shot their uh, last two seasons back to back. What was it? The third season? Oh, sorry, the whatever. I think it was season three that aired earlier this year, and that show had been gone for a couple of years before, even before the pandemic. Like, this show was on hiatus. You know, you had Donald Glover that might have exploded with, you know, different projects that he was getting involved with, you know, with Star Wars. The other actors like Brian Tyree Henry and Lake Keith Steinfeld and Zazie Beats, you know, they were getting their own careers kickstarted in movies. You know, you can see them, a couple of them in Bullet Train, uh, you know. Brian Tyree Henry's in the MCU with the Eternals. So their careers are getting boosted because of Atlanta. So it's been on hiatus for a long time. And it returned earlier this year. And I thought season three was just incredible. They were doing so many wacky things. Again, it's one of those weird shows that has a lot of commentary on our culture today. But it also does like a lot of weird stuff. And kind of like, you know, very... Just very odd things, like if you've ever seen like The Sopranos or Twin Peaks, it's like a combination of that, where it's just a show that can really do whatever it wants to because they know what they're doing, they know the audience is going to be hooked, even if it's like super out of left field. There's there's certain episodes of Atlanta that you'll watch and you're like, what does this have to do with anything going on with the main characters? But they're like, fuck it, we're going to do whatever we want and and you're going to like it. (laughs) And that is the case, like you watch these episodes and you're like huh but then it fits overall like in context of the narrative and you're like okay that that makes sense kind of so they're gonna finish off their series uh i think it kicks off like in at the end of september so we're gonna see like the final i think it's like i want to say it's gonna be 10 episodes uh, i'm not sure on that but um that's gonna end so i'm curious as to how they're gonna stick the landing for it or if it'll just be like a Seinfeld kind of thing where it just ends, you know, there's not really a point they were trying to make. They were just trying to tell these little stories in, in episodes, you know, and some shows end like that and that's fine. Not everything has to, you know, lead to something. So I don't know. Atlanta's been such a fun ride because it, it really, you watch it every week and I, I've been watching it live from the moment it premiered all those years ago. And every week it was just like, man, like, I don't know where it's going, but I'm so riveted and I'm so like ready for whatever they give to me that, you know, just they can do whatever they want and they're going to. So I'm super excited for that. Mighty Ducks Game Changers is, is, uh, coming back. Also, I think at the end of September, um, without Emilio Estevez. So I'm curious to see where the show is going to go. Um, if you're a huge fan of that, you saw, you know, them get the Mighty Ducks name. Back, I think they were the, I forgot what their team name was, but they weren't that. They were the, I forgot what they were called. It was some weird, cheesy name, but it was a well-done show, kind of like in the vein of Cobra Kai, where it built on the, the mythology of the Mighty Ducks movies while bringing back older older characters and, and serving them in the present as opposed, as opposed to like just feeding off of what they used to be. You know, you got to catch up with certain people and see where they're at now. You know, the, the whole reintroduction to... Coach Bombay was done really well, but the fact that he's not back for this is maybe the only downer because he was such a huge part of the first season and great character development for him on that show. So uh, I'm curious to see how they're going to like write him off. I don't know if he's done completely. I know it was more of like a, a COVID thing. This show was filming during while the COVID protocols were still super strong in Hollywood. I don't know if they've let up on that stuff yet. I'm not sure on the, the, technicalities on that or the specificities on that but um yeah it's it's just weird that that Emilio Estevez was just I mean he was gonna come back and then just this whole thing with the protocols 
fell apart or I don't know if it was a contract thing. I don't think it was a contract. I think it really was the COVID stuff. So, um, yeah, bummer that he's not going to be there. I, if I looked at the poster, I think Josh Demel is coming in and he's kind of like a, uh, he's an okay substitute, I guess, but you know, you can't top Gordon Bombay. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. The show was really well made though. So it had good creators behind it. Uh, some of them from the original movies. So hopefully they still build on the mythology there. Hopefully we see return of characters again. You know, we haven't seen a Charlie Conway show up played by Joshua Jackson. Maybe they'll sneak him into season two. Not that I'm like, it needs to happen. I'm not like one of those fans like this needs to happen for it to be good. Like, no, I'm going with whatever the story's presented to me. And as long as it's good, I'll accept it for what it is. So yeah, looking forward to that. Disney plus, um, not really going to be into the Marvel stuff that's coming out, like She-Hulk. So, eh, I, again, I'm burnt out from the MCU. The next thing that I really want to see from them is, I mean, I'll watch Black Panther, of course. And then Guardians 3 might be my my last thing for a very long time because just, there's just too much stuff now. And the way they're going with things, it's just like it's just going to get weirder and too too hardcore out there where I'm like, I don't really want to, like, if you watch it, like, and with some of the stuff, you're like, you're already out of it because you don't know who some of these out of left field characters are. And I don't know. It's just, you know, it, me as a moviegoer, if you don't explain that stuff, like, in a logical way where it's just like, they just think that you're going to watch all the, or read all the comics and all that stuff. It's the same thing with like Star Wars. Like, you know, when I was watching the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, there was some stuff where it's like, where, where's this coming from? And I would have like people on Facebook tell me, well, you didn't watch like the cartoon, the Clone Wars. Like, no, I didn't. Like, I didn't watch that. I watched the movies or I watched stuff that's connected to the movies like this Obi-Wan show because it's got Ewan McGregor coming back, right? He's from the prequel movies. So it has some connection to that. But then you're bringing in stuff from like the cartoons and, you know, the, the creators are just expecting you to know who these characters are sometimes. And it's like, if you don't explain it, how do you expect me to care? And that's the way it should be if you're trying to expand your audience, you know. It's cool to feed to the diehard fan bases, but you also want to broaden your horizons and attract newer people. Like, make me, as a casual, maybe turn me into a diehard fan. But if you don't explain people who people are, and you're expecting us to know who these characters are because they're from another show, from an animated series that was released years ago and, and whatever, like... One of the first times where I noticed this was uh, in the Han Solo movie. And spoilers here if you haven't seen it, but it's been out for years. So if you haven't, then then you really don't want to see it. Um, so it takes place like before, I think, the events of Episode Four, which is the original Star Wars movie, and definitely after the prequels. And I remember walking into that movie again. I'm working at a theater, so I can't help it. I walk into some of these movies sometimes, and I. I'll catch some things that I don't want to, but it just happens. Um, and I walked in on it and I see like the reveal, like in a big part of the movie. And it's like the Darth Maul character. And I'm like, didn't he die in the first prequel movie, which was like a long, long time ago. And then again, I, I had to find out from like the geeks online, like, well, when, oh, you didn't watch like the, this show or whatever, where he actually didn't die. And I'm like, well, no, <laughs> guy, watch the movies. You know, I figured, you know, if you're a casual that comes in and watches that, you're like, well, that doesn't make sense. That character died. But if you don't, if you don't follow like all the little other sub things that are out there, like I, I think that's the wrong way to treat the audience. Um, and again, I don't like to be gatekeepers on stuff like this, but usually with these fan bases, they are like that. Again, I'm a huge wrestling fan, but I want more people to watch it. I don't want it to be like so catered to just the diehard stuff that i like i wanted to cater to everybody like to me i wish wrestling was still as popular as it was in the late 90s where just everybody would talk about it like that's why everybody reveres the attitude era so much with stone cold and all that stuff because everybody knew about it and everybody talked about it like oh did you see stone cold on raw and he kicked vince mcmahon's ass like that was super relatable and super mainstream to the audience like yeah the the blue collar beer drinker guy that gets into a tussle with his boss because the boss is an asshole. Like who who here cannot at some point in their life relate to something like that where you're like the hard worker but you have to overcome like the asshole boss. Like that's super 
mainstream. And that was one of the appeals and why Stone Cold Steve Austin was super over and super popular with, with mainstream pop culture was because of the storyline like that. So yes, like I don't want it to be, I don't want to gatekeep and, and just have it catered to me to the stuff that I like. It has to be on a broader scale because you want it to get bigger. But I don't know that that's just me. Um, so yeah, what were we talking about? <laughs> How did I go off on this star Wars tangent? Um, Oh, because it's based off of the stuff that I'm going to watch on Disney Plus, which is basically just um, the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Um, I said there was a lot of TV, but, uh, well, Yellowstone's going to return in November. Um, so that'll be something fun to watch with my dad. My dad is the one that finally convinced me to watch that. And, you know, my dad doesn't really recommend stuff, but he was like, man, I binged watched Yellowstone in like a week or two. And this was like already when it was what well, we're coming up on the fifth season. He's like, I binged it all so fast, and like, you gotta watch it. And I was like, eh. You know, I'm one of those that has to be really convinced. Like, if you keep telling me and telling me and telling me and telling me about how great a show is, um, then I'll take, I'll take a, a gander. And I fell in love with this show right away. You know, it was, it, everybody hyped it up to me, and it, 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 uh, it lived up to it. So I'm gonna be looking forward to watching that. Uh, Speaking of Stallone, who I talked about earlier, and I'm looking forward to Samaritan, um, he's got a show. He's venturing into the television series world, um, and it's from the same makers of Yellowstone from Sher- uh, Taylor Sheridan. Uh, it's going to be called Tulsa King. That's going to be a Paramount Plus exclusive. Uh, I think this will be something where you can binge watch all the episodes at once, or I don't know if they're going to release it weekly. I don't know. We'll see uh, what the format is for that, but that's going to be coming also in November, so I think it'll be tying in as kind of like a. This is why I wish it was on the Paramount Network because Yellowstone is still like a on network TV where you know it'll air weekly. I think that would have been a one-two perfect combo for like a Thursday night or whenever it is that Yellowstone actually airs. I think it airs on a Thursday. I binge watch this stuff um, out of uh, out of place. This will be the first season that I watch of Yellowstone as it's airing, so that's going to be fun. Um, and there's a couple of wild cards on my list. Um, two of them mainly, um, again, I don't want to watch too much television. Just, you know, I don't really have the time, you know, I'm always working and, you know, this, I also just want to get invested in the stuff that I really do like and don't want to be put on assignments, you know, like, oh, like, oh, this week it's whatever, another episode of the Mandalorian. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to have like so much shows where, I just end up falling behind and whatnot. So I'll keep my schedule very light when it comes to television. Um, you know, Cobra Kai, I'll get through really quickly because all the episodes are going to come out at once. So like the first day or two, like I'll watch the whole thing. Uh, Mighty Ducks Game Changers, I don't think it'll be a long season. So that'll be weekly. That'll take up a little bit of my time. Same thing with Atlanta, only like 10 episodes weekly. So it's not going to be like, Every day, it'll, and then Yellowstone, same thing. Um, they'll break that up, I think, between the start of November and then whenever it goes like on a Christmas break and then ends like in the early part of 2023. I think that's how they're going to do it. They're going to probably split it and do like a fall and then like a winter release. Um, so the two shows that are my wild card are The Bear, which I heard a lot about on social media. Um, and again, the, the only other person I'll take recommendations from, and this is only if he like really pushes it on me is my best friend, Benji. And he told me like immediately he was, he's usually on top of stuff before like it explodes. I'll give him that, you know, he he won't admit it like that. I'll give him his props, but I actually am giving him his props. Like he's usually on top of stuff before it, it explodes. And he was on this bear show, uh, from the get go. And he's like, you gotta watch this man. And, and I knew about it, but now that he's really endorsed it, and then I saw everyone slowly but surely talking about it on social media, especially from the people that I like to that I like to follow, and they're talking about it. I'm like, okay, cool. It's definitely on my list. I just got to find the time to watch it. And I think all the episodes are available now, so I can probably, if I take a day where I'm super super lazy, I can binge watch the whole thing. Um, and the other one may take me a while, but I've gotten too many people that are on me on this and you know now i have to take a gander right 
am I going to like it? I don't know. And that's The Boys. And I'm sure people that listen to the show that are huge fans of that show will, will start clapping in glee. Hang on, folks. I got to check it first to see if I'm going to like it. So I'm going to have to take a gander into that and see if it's, if it's lives up to the hype the way everybody's been, you know, talking about it to me. So the bear and the boys will be my wild cards, but all the other stuff I'm definitely going to check out. And, um, yeah. And lastly, of course, the NFL folks. It's just going to dominate a lot of my time. Definitely my Sundays. You know, I, I've already pre-worked my schedule to, to not miss any of the Buccaneers games. And I say Buccaneers, I'm a Patriots guy, but Buccaneers because I think this is going to be the final season of Tom Brady. I know he retired and then unretired and, you know, he said he's still got, you know, plenty to give, but I think the way he did it, this is going to be a way to signal like, okay, cool. It's a farewell, farewell tour without saying it's a farewell tour, if you get what I'm saying. So, I feel it in my bones that this is it for him. So I don't want to miss any of his games this season. And, you know, and of course, just everything else is just going to be awesome. Like this, you know, the, the explosion of Joe Burrow and the Bengals in the Super Bowl. I know they didn't win it, but they're going to be a team to reckon with. You know, the Bills are continuing to get better every year with Josh Allen. Will Mahomes able to be still like a force of nature now that he doesn't have Tyreek Hill? Um, will the Rams be able to repeat, right? You know, you have certain people that are already thinking that they're just going to win the NFC, but we'll see if Tom Brady's got one more in him to win an eighth Super Bowl or at least get to another Super Bowl. That would just be incredible. He said he was going to play till 45 and that's where he's about, I think he's about to turn or just turned 45. So he, he's hitting the mark that he wanted to, to play till. He always said, I want to play till I'm 45 and then he's going to call it a quit. So we'll see. This may not be the end for him, but I think my gut's telling me that I think this is it. So I think one more season, and of course I'm not going to miss it. Uh, I'm just super excited about this season. Um, a lot of lot of fun stuff. I want to see what Russell Wilson's going to do in Denver. Um, the, the AFC North is just, I mean the AFC North, the AFC West is just so stacked. You know, from, I just mentioned Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Mahomes and the Chiefs will still figure it out regardless. Justin Herbert and the Chargers, I think they gotta make the playoffs this year or they're gonna change coaches. Uh, that, that, that team on paper is so stacked, especially on the defensive side of things. Khalil Mack, JC Jackson, Kyle Van Noy, oh, like super exciting. Like, I don't even know how to rank that division yet, but that'll be for the SM football marks when I bring Abraham Trevino back on and we kick off season two of our show there. Um, the Raiders are gonna be interesting with Josh McDaniels at the helm. He was the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots for so long. This will be his second time trying to be a head coach. It didn't work the first time in Denver, but he was still younger. Maybe took the job too early. Got to work a few more years in New England with Brady and Belichick and getting to learn more and more. So I'm hoping for success for him there. Um, What else? Yeah, man. I mean, the NFC is... The least interesting, even though it's got Brady, who I love, it's the AFC that is just so stacked. And, you know, the Bengals are a fun story. You know, that that whole division is, you know, a whole wild card. Although I think the Bengals are going to be good. Um, you know, Matt Ryan and the Colts, is that going to be enough for them to get into the playoffs and do well? Who knows? Um, I want to see how Mac Jones, my, my Mac Jones from my New England Patriots, how they're going to do year two, a lot of weird coaching decisions and staff-wise where people are going to be. You got Matt Patricia coming back, who was, uh when he was there the first time, he was a defensive coordinator. Now he's kind of going to be calling the offense. So, you know, they're getting a lot of shit right now on social media and on the sports media shows. So hopefully they can prove them wrong. You know, Belichick really does have at least, he, he needs to at least get into the playoffs and win another game to before you know i know he's one of the greatest coaches of all time i'm not gonna diminish that or, or try to do some reverse history here like he's not one of the best coaches ever that's what a lot of the media is starting to do now ever since tom brady left and um yeah like i, I don't get it like why people are just shitting on him like i know he's a grump but i don't think he's as big a jerk as like Popovich, you know, he's more jerk to like the media than Belichick is. I think, I think Belichick's just more stern and, you know, 
gives short answers, but isn't like Popovich can be a bully sometimes. Uh, that's just in my opinion, and I'm a Spurs guy. Um, but yeah, the the media is really on my Patriots right now. But I'm kind of like the oh man, just wait and see. But I don't know, a lot of uncertainty right now with the coaching staff. You know, James White retired today, so I'm in my feelings about that. He was a great, you know, patch catch and pass uh, type of running back. He was that's a major loss for that team. So, um, but props to him on a on a great career, including the game winning touchdown in Super Bowl Fifty One. So just yeah, a lot of uncertainty with my team, but also excitement because I'm excited for Mac Jones. I, I hope he gets better, and he's going to be able to work with with these receivers that he got for the first year last year. So it was really like a, it was a learning curve. So I know I love people are just like counting him out already, like as if he. He somehow peaked. Like they won over ten games last season. Like they were the number one in AFC at some point down the road last season. So it's not like they're a complete disaster or rebuilding or anything like that. They're still formidable, but just some questionable decisions on, on the coaching staff. But again, to me, it's still in Bill Belichick. We trust. Um, but yeah, we'll see. But that's the stuff I'm excited for in the fall. Let's take one more break. When we come back, we'll talk about the return of CM Punk. And here we go in wrestling about to hit the next boom, I think. This is Palace off the top rope. We'll be right back. Yeah, a Jericho. And wait, look at this Jericho with the AEW World Championship. He's going to take out Moxley for good. And Matt Menard holding John Moxley. He's going to take out Moxley for good. Welcome back to the show, folks. And I leaped off of my couch yesterday night seeing the return of CM Punk after being gone for about two months with a broken foot. That's probably what he had as his injury, although it was never really confirmed. Um, and now, folks, now wrestling is good on both ends. WWE has entered a whole new era with Triple H now taking control, like officially, like this is for real, no more Vince McMahon, we're going to see what WWE is like without a Vince McMahon-led operation, so you're starting to see some stuff there for the better, the show's already improved drastically, so um, that's awesome, AEW was good for a while, but it had lost a lot of his stars, you know, like Brian Danielson, who's slowly returning, CM Punk, like you just saw there, surprisingly returning, it had been thought that maybe he was still going to be gone for a couple of more months but made a shocking return last night and now possibly Kenny Omega next week for AEW as well and now things are going to start to be just really week in and week out like as a professional wrestling fan all I want is for everything to be good and awesome I don't want to be one of those fans that pits one company over the other or ha 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 AEW had the return of CM Punk while WWE brought guys like Dexter Loomis who cares they're both doing interesting things I want it to be awesome for everybody and I want the the sport or sports entertainment or professional wrestling however you want to frame it I just want it to be all good and hopefully we can get more eyes on the product and maybe we may never get to the glory days again, but if we can get close to it where people are like not really like looking at wrestling as a negative, but more like, oh, cool, it's 
this if you're not into it but may want to jump in as a casual viewer you can it'll be it'll be awesome on all fronts for the last couple of years i know if i was trying to introduce someone to wrestling i probably wouldn't be showing them wwe because it has been pretty terrible there's some bright spots but there's been a lot of bad and stuff that made me go like well i'm kind of embarrassed to be a wrestling fan but now if it can all be on an even keel and every week both promotions are just delivering shows out of the park and knocking home runs and grand slams and and all that kind of stuff then that's just going to be awesome for everybody and i'm so i haven't been this excited for the wrestling landscape uh, since probably the start of AEW. Now now it's just amplified because now WWE could possibly be getting better again. And you'll have people jumping from either promotion to either side because it's everybody's going to get to eat. And that's just a win-win as a true... If you're a true wrestling fan, you love all of it. Not just one over the other. That's just being a stupid fanboy mark. So yeah, I just wanted to wrap it up on that. Again, CM Punk is back, baby. Like that again. Whew. He he I mean, he just has no idea how much he revitalized uh returning to this uh this world, you know. And it's we're coming up on a year that he returned to wrestling after being gone for 7 years and we never thought if he was going to return ever again. So, uh it's a breath of fresh air, but also like he's still the best thing and most over person in all of pro wrestling and it's going to be a fun ride and you know we're on the road to all out which is their biggest pay-per-view event of the year and it looks like we're heading to a title for title unification match between cm punk and john moxley uh it's going to be huge and the hype's going to be incredible and then wwe's you know doing their stuff as well and they're getting back on track and uh, i mean gosh just chef's kiss for all of this it's if you're a pro wrestling fan it's about to get super interesting again folks super excited but let's end it on that note thank you guys for tuning in this week um all my fall stuff is here so if you want to go back and listen see what i'm excited for go on right ahead go check out the movie fall i promise you're gonna have a good time even though it's it's gonna fill you with anxiety a lot of dread and 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 your adrenaline's gonna be going but that's what the movies are about folks it's about emotion. It's about storytelling. It's about, you know, just having an experience. And there's nothing like seeing a movie on the big screen. You can follow this podcast on Spotify. Search Palace Off the Top Rope. Hit that follow button. I would greatly appreciate it. I do share this podcast link through my social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through podbean.com. You can download the Podbean app and listen there. If you're an Apple person, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave me that five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you guys so much, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Take it easy. God bless you.